You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Can you hear me? It's important that we start with some banter first and ask Amo if he can hear us. (laughs) <laughs> and then we can start the whole thing. Great. Welcome back to Nashville in the 2003 National Hockey League Entry Draft here on TSN and ESPN2. The first 14 picks of this draft have been made. Now we get an, an interesting situation here with the draft. you got a guy like Zach Parise. We saw him at the World Junior Hockey Championship, the son of J.P. Parise, had a great National Hockey League career. If he's over six feet tall, He's gone by now. Pierre, you want someone to go up there and take a chance at this guy. Absolutely. This has become nonsensical, this knock on small players. This is a guy with so much upside offensively. Size isn't going to be a factor. He's the hardest worker on his team at the University of North Dakota. He's been well-trained. Andy Murray was his coach at Chattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota before he went to the University of North Dakota. He is a pure winner. It would behoove any team that wants offense, character, and skill to take Zach Parisi right now. So now the pick. New York Islanders are pleased to select... From Lexington, Sweden, Robert Nielsen. Well, you're talking about bloodlines. There is the son of the magic man. Kent Nielsen's son. And Robert Nielsen has now been selected by the New York Islanders. I don't like this pick. I don't like it at all. I can't believe the New York Islanders would go over to Europe and take a player who's got fine skill and he's a good player. And we saw him at the World Junior and he's got tremendous upside. But the fact that Zach Parisi's still out there is unbelievable and almost unconscionable that they wouldn't take him. <laughs> I love it. Pierre's all wound up at the NHL entry draft. I like the player. I think he's got talent. But the New York got Anders Collar right there, their Swedish scout, is along with the player. There's Mike Milbury talking to Daryl Sutter. But, Gord, I have to tell you, the fact that Parisi's out there and they didn't take him is a little bit Well, they may have to answer that question because, of course, Parisi played for the Islanders, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a trade to announce, and here's Gary Bettman. Go ahead. I have three trades to announce. 
one involving the next pick. Yes. Edmonton trades number 17 overall in this year's draft to New Jersey in exchange for New Jersey's picks number 22 and 68 in this year's draft. So the next selection in this draft goes to the Stanley Cup champion, New Jersey Devils. Here's a fascinating story about this New Jersey draft pick. The reason the Stanley Cup champions were able to pick 22nd in the draft was that the St. Louis Blues were found to have tampered with Scott Stevens <laughs> in the early 1990s. It didn't come to light until the ownership changed in St. Louis. And so the Devils had the right to get a first-round pick from St. Louis, which they did two years ago, and then the right to switch picks with St. Louis, which they're doing this year. And so the Devils, who draft better than anyone, are now moving up, and they're in the number 17 spot. If Zach Parisi goes here, shame on some of the other people. And this guy's the best at it. David Conte is a guy revered in hockey circles as perhaps the best draft day guy in the league. There's a reason why the Devils are champions year after year after year. They draft character, they draft skill, they draft intelligence, they draft heart, and they draft leaders. And I'm telling you, if it's Parisi, shame on some people. New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the University of North Dakota, Zach Parisi. Well, there it is. Pierre's happy now, and so are the uh, New Jersey Devils because they got a heck of a prospect. Well, there's J.P. Parise, as we mentioned, had a terrific career in the National Hockey League. And Zach Parise had that uncomfortable weight the prospects go through when you get picked by the defending Stanley Cup champions who traded up just to get you. That's a pretty big honor. The Canadian coaching staff talked about him at the World Junior Championship that every time he was on the ice, the United States had a scoring chance. It look, really was something. Look at the Cheshire grins on those guys. They're laughing. They can't believe this player was still available. It's humorous. Call it 31 thoughts about Zach Parisi. What you just heard was the 2003 NHL draft. Selecting at number 15, the New York Islanders chose to take forward Robert Nilsson of Sweden, the son of former NHLer Kent Nilsson, while Zach Parisi, forward out of North Dakota and the son of Islanders legend J.P. Parisi, was still on the board. Two picks later, the New Jersey Devils made a trade to take Parisi, who would go on to score 800-plus points in the National Hockey League. Zach Parisi finally has signed a contract to play for the New York Islanders. Michael Leboff, what does this mean for the team looking to get over the hump and past the Tampa Bay Lightning and into the Stanley Cup final. Well, well, first you got to say, just a, a long time coming. Like 18, 18 years. Um, and I, and on this side of the curtain, like as an Islander fan who's watched Parisi play, what, however many games he played with the Devils, I don't really remember him being ever being mad at him. Like, when he was on the devils. Um, and I think that's partly because of the team he played for. Like the devils are you know, an ally. They're, you know, enemy of your enemy is your friend kind of thing. And um, obviously played a big part in that series where they, where Adam Henrique eliminated the Rangers in the Easter conference final. Um, so I just, I can't honestly remember a moment of him uh, you know, scoring a big goal against the Islanders. I mean, I can remember Alan Rourke scoring an own goal against the uh, against the <laughs> Islanders when they played the Devils in a game that Parisi played, but I can't remember anything that Zach Parisi did. And I think that's because, like, I always, we always, I always liked him as a player. Like, I always thought he was, um, you know, just fun 
a, a guy who not only was fun to watch, but and and yes, played well against the Rangers or whatever. Um, but there was no fuss really, I guess, about him. Uh, and that's probably why he'll fit in perfectly with this team. He was very much just a hockey player who was good at hockey. Uh, and he, I remember, I guess, 2010 Olympics, uh, people making a big deal about him being one of the best players on the t- on team USA. And, uh, but other than that, like his, cause I guess the, you know, he played for the devils in the wild, nothing uh, except out of those probably franchises echo chambers. I don't think there's much, uh, th- he never really transcended that. And that's once again, like perfect fit for this team. Uh, we, we love these players who are very good at specific roles who don't have much baggage um, outside of the their job. And uh, he's definitely going to fit that. And uh, I think it, it really would. I don't think Zach Parisi, like if Zach, Zach Parisi signed for the Dallas Stars or the Florida Panthers, I don't think it would be a, a move that would advance those teams much further. Uh, but for the Islanders, I think it actually does because like I was saying, he's very good at some, at his pretty specific role, which is he's still a pretty good power play player and he's a good offensive mind. Um, and the Islanders, as much as they focus on defense, you know, there are times that they, uh, will let power play slip by at big points and they need, they just, they just need a guy like that. And they've, they've needed one probably for a couple seasons and, uh, he will fit that role and, um, so I think actually it does move the needle. It doesn't, this isn't the Islanders signing, you know, superstar, but, uh, this is a, another move that definitely inches the ball towards the goal line rather than it, uh, moving it back or just keeping it status quo. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I think, you know, we, we don't know anything about the deal. We don't, <laughs> we just know that Zach Parisi is, he, he might be an intern. He might be a, a social, social media intern for the Islanders or something. We just, we just know he is working for the Islanders. Um, and, but, you know, barring something unforeseen, I just think it's good business. I always say root for people, not teams. And <laughs> I always, uh, I don't know if I would say I rooted for Zach Parisi, but I don't ever, remo- ever remember rooting against Zach Parisi. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, I you know, we watch a lot of Devils games and when they were winning Stanley Cups, the Islanders couldn't even make the playoffs. So they were always kind of like, you always end up seeing them a lot uh, in the, you know, the springtime. And, uh, you know, I think Parisi is just one of those guys that he's just, you know, he was never a guy, like you said, you, you hated or came to, to dislike for whatever reason. He always played a, you know, a fairly clean game. I don't remember any kind of like, you know, dirty hits he ever threw on somebody. It's funny because, uh, not that they're like comparable players, but like they, they kind of, you know, obviously cross paths a lot or contemporaries, I would say. But like, I remember the the time Shane Doan scored a hat trick against the Islanders in a game in Arizona more than I remember any single goal Zach Priestley ever scored <laughs> against the Islanders at any time, you know. Um, yeah. And he's just that kind of like, you know, solid fundamental player uh, that came out of the draft, you know, NCAA system and just kind of fit within the devils immediately. And, you know, they just plugged him into a hole and still remained pretty good for a long time. And in fact, he helped captain them to the, the cup final uh, in 2012, along with Andy green, who, uh, you know, has become uh, an Islander mainstay already in the first couple of years. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's important, you know, here, we're, we're joking around, obviously we're parodying 
31 thoughts, the podcast. And, you know, uh, we're here talking about, you know, correcting a mistake that's sort of 18 years, uh, in the, the making or, you know, uh, waiting 18 years to correct a mistake, but I mean, let's not, let's not, you know, make Zach Priest to be more than he is. He's 37 years old. He was healthy scratch last year. He's far beyond his days as a 30 goal scorer. Um, he's not going to make the all-star team probably this year, but he is signing with the Islanders for a chance to win the Stanley cup. And I mean, he said all the right things. This is a team that he feels like he can help. He can fit right in. He's excited to play in their system. And Oh yeah. By the way, his dad played for the Islanders in the early seventies and was one of their first uh, real fan favorites and really scored the first really enormous goal in, in team history was that goal 11 seconds into the uh overtime of the third game of the playoffs against the Rangers that sent the Islanders to the second round for the first time. And like, you know, we all, Ed Westfall scored the first goal in franchise history. And, you know, obviously Dennis Potvin won the Calder trophy in year two. But I mean, that goal really, when you look at like Islanders history, that's like really the first big sort of single goal that stands out. And for a guy who only played for the Islanders for three, I think three and a half years. I mean, JP's legacy has continued on for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, Zach has felt, a connection to the team and the Islanders this year. And it's really funny when you think about it. I mean, I asked you this question the other day, like between Zach Priesty now and, and Kyle Palmieri, like that's two guys with connections to long Island that the Islanders signed in the same offseason. I don't think they've signed anybody with any connection to the <laughs> long Island in years. Like that this, <laughs> this almost never happened. I mean, I guess you throw Matt Martin in there a little bit, but like, really, this is kind of weird. Like the, this Palmieri must be the first, Islander, Long Islander to sign with the Islanders, re-sign with the Islanders since like Chris Ferraro back in the you know the, the <laughs> mid nineties, a team that well everybody in this world has forgotten. So it's funny, yeah. Like it's I never thought, I didn't think that thought never crossed my mind with either of them. And but you think about those off seasons when like Mike Commissarek was a big free agent, Chris Higgins right. was a big free agent, uh, yeah. even like um, Eric Nystrom. <laughs> They're yeah. like, oh well, it, it makes oh, yeah. a lot of sense for the Islanders. Like I had a friend of mine never did. Uh, a friend of mine went to Michigan while Eric Nystrom was there and he and I would always talk. And I was like, you know, that's Bobby Nystrom's son. He's like, yeah, I know. And always, he's always the guy. I completely forgot about him until you just mentioned always a guy that I always want to sign. again, not a superstar player, but like, why wouldn't you sign Eric Nystrom? That'd be perfect. And now he's retired. Like, what's, oh, well, you missed that opportunity. It's probably because so. Bob was like, uh, yeah, you don't want to look, Eric, love yeah. the Islanders, but probably not the right time to go. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe just sign with the stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Nashville or whatever yeah. it was. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. I, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's going back to our 31 thoughts mode. Jeff Merrick loves to go. Do the Boston Bruins make sense for him? Whenever there's a <laughs> Massachusetts player that, that is ever mentioned on the right. podcast. Um, and with the Islanders, I, you know, and this is, because Commissarek and Higgins obviously are long gone and mm. their big free agent tickets were probably 2008 or seven or eight or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, and the Islanders were like barely mentioned Then maybe in mm. like a Newsday article by, you know, Greg Logan or Arthur Staple, whoever was beat writing for them at the time. Hey, like here's like five free agents. The Islanders could, you know, maybe go after and they would, you know, a blurb at the very end be like, you know, they're, Let's be honest; they're not going to sign Chris Higgins or or Mike Commissarek, but they are from Long Island, so you never know. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, don't be surprised when it's uh, you know Kale Mullerat, who's the big 
signing for them this, this <laughs> offseason. And uh, and, and I mean, even, you know, Keith Kincaid and, and Adam Fox. and I was just going to say know, Keith Charlie Kincaid. Yeah. Like, like, right. Every, uh, Rob Skidari was always Skidari, one yeah. that you think like, like, oh, yeah, was he from like Northport or Syosity? Yeah. So, yeah, all of these guys. Kincaid was a really a weird one. Again, like, you know, all right, he's he's going to be playing Bridgeport probably. But like, why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you sign him? Like he's just there. He, you know, he could play in the NHL a little bit if somebody gets hurt. But nope, it's Corey Schneider. Like, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. But why not this other guy? But uh, this one off season, we've we've put that to bed, and it's weird because, like, you know, I mean, the guys in charge now don't really have that kind of connection to these two guys. I mean, you know, Lou Lamorello has no connection to he's got a connection to Zach. Obviously I'm sure he got to know JP during Zach's time with the devils. Um, but you know, I don't know if the Islanders connection there had anything to do with Zach signing, but you know, he was bought out this year by the wild after a fairly ineffective season and now comes to the Islanders, not as, you know, a guy, I think they're going to lean on all that much, but certainly the veteran presence that, that we all talk about and you know, it can't be discounted too. This guy thinks his team is going to win a Stanley Cup. Like, that's pretty important. I mean, he could have said, yeah, fine. He could have signed here, even if the Islanders weren't going to do that. But I don't think he would have. I think he probably would have found somebody else to sign with that would have made a lot more sense uh, to bring him a Stanley Cup. And uh, it's pretty cool that he's here. And I mean, I don't know. I, I, I try not to get too excited about it, but it, it does put a smile on my face when I think about it. You know? uh, I was telling my wife when I was like, you don't probably remember this, but in 2014, I said that if the Islanders won the Stanley Cup and Johnny Boychuk signed a long-term contract, I was going to buy a Johnny Boychuk jersey. Well, Boychuk signed the contract, but the Islanders obviously haven't won the Cup yet, and now Boychuk is all but retired. I was like, if the, I'm going I'm to amend that to say if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup with Zach Parisi on the roster, I think I'm going to have to get a Zach Parisi jersey because it just feels too too much synergy there <laughs> to kind of you know to pass up. I feel like this would be an opportunity that I would want to take advantage of and just do that and, you know, make, make it a thing. And I don't think you're alone. I think that like, (laughs) as I was saying, like, I think Zach Parisi signing for, you know, the Carolina hurricanes or Pittsburgh Mm. Penguins, like, I don't think those fan bases would really be excited. You know, they'd they'd kind of find, you know, some humor in it. Uh, You know, this would be a a, a name, a name drop for penguins anxiety episode (laughs) two two years from now. Like remember when when Zach Parisi was playing on Crosby's wing? Um, when Jerome McGinley was a penguin, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like that's kind of like how right. they would view it, and, and I think for us, it's um, you know pretty you know different. It is a the um, the kind of uh, I don't know existential hype definitely outweighs <laughs> what to expect, like the hype that we should expect on the ice. Which isn't, to, I mean, isn't to say like it, it wouldn't surprise me if Parisi does score you know fifteen <laughs> goals, and that would be a, you know pretty big uh pl- positive you know sure. it's, it's assuming he signs you know a pretty reasonable deal which it sounds like he is but i mean yeah down year last year but his shooting percentage was like under eight percent and if you look back at his whole year uh his whole career he's usually around um you know he's well always almost always about well above 10 percent. he's usually in like the 12 percent range um and he scored you know the, the season before uh last he scored 25 goals and the the year before that he scored 28 Mm. uh so 
uh, and he was on his way to scoring 20 in the year before that, but he, uh, he was shortened, I guess he was, uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but he only played 42 games and scored 15. Um, I he was hurt. I think he yeah, had some kind so, of I mean, bad like, injury. You look back, like going back to his, uh, first season with Minnesota, which was a shortened year. So 48 games, mm. 18, the next year, 29 and 67, 33 and 74, 25 and 70, 19 and 69, 15 and 42, 28 and 74, 25 and 69. And then last year, seven in 45, which I mean, he still had 18 points and obviously wasn't really fitting in well with uh, the the staff last year. Uh, so it's, there is something to be said that, and, and this is another um, kind of move that won't ignite hockey Twitter. There won't be a big discourse on the Zach Parisi contract, but if he does uh, score, you know, 15 goals, I think a lot of people in March will be like, you know, that we should have saw this coming because you look back at his, uh, you know, career numbers, and yeah, you can expect a dip when a guy reaches this part of his career. But it, sh- it, he doesn't. He's not the type of player. He's not Casey Sezikis kind of player, <laughs> or he's digging into the corner, and you're like, you know, this guy's going to wear down at some point, and there's going to be a pretty steep cliff. I don't know if that's going to happen with this kind of uh, player. It might, um, but you know, the way you're talking about him, and you know, a lot of people listening who probably are in the same boat with you, like, there's just something beautiful about this guy playing on the finding the Islanders at this junction, uh, of their, uh, of, of like this era, like where they are an actual Stanley cup contender before season starts. Um, <laughs> that I think like, even if he, like we said this on the last episode, even if he doesn't light the world on fire, I don't think anyone is going to be mad. They're going to, it's just, it, there's just extremely, and this is, I think very unique to Islander fans is a very weird appreciation that he's here and mm. that's really all we wanted. Like we just wanted him to at least give, you know, give where the Jersey wants. Uh, <laughs> and he is, and he's doing it and he's not doing it on a bad team. He's going to do it on a good team. And uh, I really think it's a, uh, it's, it's going to be a really fun, I don't know, however long he lasts with us. Like it's going to be fun. And I think both, and, and this is going to go both ways, like between him appreciating the moment and, and us appreciating him appreciating the moment. Like there's, it's going to be a really, I think good relationship and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't like remember when the Leafs signed Joe Thornton and everybody for, for, for days and weeks, they mm. were discussing about whether he's going to be a PP one guy He's going to play mm. with Matthews and Marner. Are they going to live with him? Oh my God. All Is or he nothing. Get with- the cup second for <laughs> yeah. or maybe third behind yeah. Matthews, or will he and uh, and uh, Wayne Simmons hold the cup together? Do you think? There, do you, you think know- this means they're going to get Marlowe back at the deadline? Right. Like yeah. oh, this is like they should do a web series from yeah. his house. Like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what he says when Matthews scores five goals in a game. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, with Parisi, it's like mm. yeah, he just he's just here, and uh, the only ones who are really noticing and excited about it are um are us and, and, i mean <laughs> you think about think about there was a 31 thoughts that came out of uh, two whole episodes about the jespery kotkin yemi offer sheet right. saga two whole episodes and at the end of the second one which is after the islanders had announced that uh you know palmary sezikis etc had signed and also that uh, parisi was uh mm. pretty much there no mention and that's <laughs> fine like that's this type yeah. of move this will be and it's like all gravy Mm. yeah uh oh yeah no this was and it's funny because like they put it out on like it was a friday and the way the islanders announced it was without an announcement they were just like hey we're having a, a zach parisi media thing at four so you know whatever and it was like wait what 
it's like there was no announcement, no like you know, just release saying Islanders have agreed to terms with Zach Priestley. Like it was, I think that that thing went out either at the time the press thing started or right after. And it was a very weird kind of way to, to announce this, you know, his, his media thing was a zoom call about 10 minutes long. It was very nice. It seemed to be in very good spirits. He talked about how, you know, his mom was excited that he was coming to the Islanders. He's looking forward to playing in the system, but it was just such a, and you know, uh, uh, understated announcement. And then, you know, again, we, we can talk about the parameters of the deal, the length and and the the money, but, oh, wait, no, we can't because we still don't know. If you go to Cap Friendly, it just says his name, his age, his position, and just UFA. That's it. We still, I mean, this is three days. Now. We're recording this on Sunday. This happened, you know, Friday afternoon. Nobody has come out with, the details of this contract in three days, like three days, nobody said anything, which is remarkable. Like, how is that even possible in this day and age? Oh, right. Cause Lou Lamorello is the guy in charge and like, nobody's going to say it. Zach's not going to say it. Lou's not going to say it, but like, you know, maybe there'll be in a 31 thoughts podcast. Freeman will say, it. maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe LeBron, maybe Arthur Staple will have it. Who knows? Like it could be anybody, but it hasn't been. And it, it's <laughs> it might be Michael so, Russo. Maybe Michael Russo, who, you know, the new, is, the new Zach Parisi beat writer. Yeah, he's probably he's probably was on the plane right behind Zach because he was flying to the island to do that. I don't know, but uh, it's just it's just a, it's a remarkable thing that yeah, only we really care and nobody else seems to. And, and I, I'm I'm with you. Like to me, that's fine. Um, my feeling on his actual position with the team is that you know they're bringing him in for some offense, for some power play time for sure because they need all the help they can get. Um, I am a little worried that we might be putting too many eggs in his power play basket, but you know, we'll have to see what happens. But you know, I was thinking about this yesterday as you know, we were thinking, talking about doing the show today. My feeling is, is Zach Priestley going to provide more offense than Leo Komarov? Probably. <laughs> is he going to provide more offense than Michael Dow Cole? Definitely. <laughs> is he going to provide more offense than the ghost of Andrew Ladd has over the last couple of years? Yes. 100%. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> Like you said, I mean, it's you providing he didn't sign for some kind of stupid amount, but even still, like a, they don't have the cap space, and b, he, he probably didn't. Um, you know, I, I think it's it will be fine, and like whatever he gives them will be good. And if, even if you know, hopefully, it's not another eighteen point season. But you know, there was a comment on the athletic uh, article about this. Uh, there was you know kind of a staff article. Arthur was in there, you know, and somebody was like, he just didn't like you said before, like he just didn't mesh with the new the coaching staff in Minnesota, obviously the wild were going through a transitional phase, the, you know, the Kirill Kaprizov era in Minnesota started with a bang. Like this is, this is this dude's team. Now it's his team period. And that's no slight to anybody that was there before, but it's his team now. And so they're going to build around him. And I, I wonder, you know, Zach, Zach Priestley's human. Like, I wonder if it's just kind of like just a weird year. Like, what am I doing here? Where, where, what is my role? I've been here so long. We haven't won, you know, people kind of wondering, and I, maybe Brian Suter went through the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I think there's an appreciation there. I think, you know, he will definitely provide more <laughs> uh, offense to those that probably third line spot. I feel like they're going to put him with J.G. Pajo, the human reset button, as we've called him before. I think they'll they'll probably be pretty good. And, you know, I don't think you got to teach Zach Parisi a whole lot that he doesn't already know about playing in the corners, finding soft spots on the ice, getting open, you know, making making himself available for pucks and being able to shoot on net. So I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty good, pretty good marriage uh, yeah. so far. So we'll see. It's it's And it's not the type of tr- signing where um, 
you can imagine it going disastrously wrong. Like that's that's the great thing. Like the yeah. the floor is so high because, mm. like we said, we it's we don't expect it to be anything cumbersome on the cap. Um, and like the worst thing that can happen is he doesn't produce, and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, he's a rotation forward with with high offensive upside. And um, and I think what the point about the power play more than anything is that what he does is he gives them just more PP depth, like than anything. Like you think about the Islanders two units last year. Um, it was uh, if, if Josh Bailey or Beauvillier were hurt or something like you're, you're thinking about, okay, Matt Martin sit, standing in front of the net on one of the power plays. And uh, this, this is obviously Zach Parisi's obviously gives them another able-bodied forward. Um, and but even like we keep saying, like even if he doesn't light it up, what he's done by just setting the the uh, what what is he? He's like setting the the wrong right uh, <laughs> of the 2003 draft and having to go through that and just thinking about. I guess like yeah, I don't really remember Zach Parisi ever hurting the Islanders on the ice, but the Islanders not picking him that draft definitely hurt the Islanders on the ice. So that's probably why it is. It's like, you pro- we probably just didn't want to think about it when Paris, he, he might've lit it up against the Islanders in his devil career. And we probably just, because it hurts so bad, we're just like, I'm just going to blank that out. Uh, I don't, I don't need to see him going roof over Jan Denis, uh, three, you know, and, and thinking about, Oh, well he should be an Islander. Uh, he should have been an Islander this whole time. Uh, and uh, even Pierre Maguire knows that. And, and I also want to say one thing real quick about that Pierre quick clip <laughs> is that, uh, you know, we everybody rags on Pierre and he deserves a lot of it. Um, but what that clip does show is he hasn't changed a lick. Like, no, he, his, he has been, you know, so many people get so frustrated with him now. And I'm like, he's been doing this for so long that you just you need to realize that he's. It, that's just who he is like he wasn't he it wasn't like he was going to change at any point so if you listen to him in 2003 talking about zach parisi playing first whoever at shattuck st mary's um <laughs> he still said that about zach parisi when the wild were on nbcsn so it's like the he, he, if a lot of, i know a lot of people found hockey like a little bit later um than that so and maybe like listening to pierre the first time was a harrowing experience but uh yeah if you go back into his archives which uh, the Parisi draft was definitely one of his, uh, you know, sports center top tens, uh, probably number one, in, in, at least when it comes to the Islanders. Uh, I, uh, you, you go back and listen, like, all right, well, you can at least appreciate that he has not uh, abandoned his shtick at any point. I agree. And with that, we'll start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, come back with the second half of the podcast. But uh, first, our sponsor, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also have our Al Arbor t-shirts, and you can get a 15% discount by using the code LIGHTHOUSE15. Let's go to VintageIceHockey.com today. VintageIceHockey.com. We are Vintage Ice Hockey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Zach Parisi in tow, uh, what does this mean for the Islanders in the Metropolitan Division? Uh, um, You can make the case that the team that got better the most over the course of the offseason were the New Jersey Devils. I mean, they picked up Doug Hamilton. They picked up um, who else? Well, there was another guy they they got. They oh um, Thomas Thomas Tatar. Yeah, Uh, they. Uh, Ryan Graves. Yeah, Ryan Graves. And uh, they picked up the goalie. Um, oh, Ber- yeah, oh, yeah, Bernier. Jonathan Bernier. Okay, so, you know, Hamilton obviously is very, very good. You know, Tatar is pretty good. Uh, Ryan Graves is is pretty good, too. And then, you know, Bernier is kind of obviously in the twilight of his career. Um, but, you know, I mean, th- for the Devils, that's pretty good. And, you know, they already had, a you know, an okay kind of core there a little bit. Um, so they're the guys who I think you can clearly say got better. But, you know, when you're coming from as far as the Devils have, what does that mean? Does that mean that they're going to be a playoff team? I don't even know. As far as the teams at the top of the division or have been at the top of the division over the last couple of years, I mean, did any of them really improve all that much? I don't <laughs> You know, I'm not trying to, to jinx the Islanders here, but I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I don't think the Caps did anything, right? And the Penguins just lost a bunch of guys. So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think... Uh... The margin for error for those two teams, the Penguins and Capitals, is definitely as thin as it's been since, you know, Crosby and Malkin and Ovechkin found their prime, I <laughs> guess. Like, um, and you think for the from basically what, 2007 to 2018, 19, maybe even last year, you can even say last year because the, uh, the Penguins ended up winning the division and the Capitals, I think finished second or third or whatever with the weird right. uh, East division. Uh, it's been uh, pretty clear. Like they're, those two are the top teams and uh, at least that's how the perception was for the whole hockey world. And it would, and obviously the early part of the last decade the, the or the first, you know, six years of last seven <laughs> years, of last decade, the Rangers too, like they, they were good and the flyers would be up there. Um, the ship, the the metro division completely different mm. now this is probably a new era for this division and, and actually funny that we're doing this 31 thoughts thing today because uh at the end of last season at the end of the i remember listening to an episode and they were talking about how the metro jeff marrick was like yeah the metro is going to be a, a bear next year that's going to be the toughest division and i was just like this guy's he, he he's what years he think it is because it's <laughs> If you look next door to the Atlantic Division with the Lightning, Panthers, Leafs, Bruins, and the team that just lost to this in the Stanley Cup final is the fifth best team, um, that's the division that is the group of death. Like the Metro is as soft as it's been for since at least this podcast has been mm-hmm. around, and uh, the odds show it. Like the Islanders are the favorite right now, but they're all uh, there's no team at DraftKings right now better than plus two seventy five. So like, there's no clear favorite and the rest every team is kind of like bunched in the middle 
behind them. So it's like this this division's there for the taking, and the Islanders are going to come in for the probably the first time in my life. Um, there are going to be people in the hockey world, hockey pundits, hockey insiders that are going to pick the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup. Like, be ready for that. There's going to be people that will pick the Islanders um, uh, at TSN, at ESPN. It's going to be weird, and it actually might not sit well with us, but it's not a not a bad shout. And just because this division, like, they, they're they better than the Penguins and the Capitals, I, I think, objectively right now. The odds show it. The Hurricanes are solid, but who knows about their goaltending. I mean, the Rangers got like, yeah, there, there's a ton of good things to like there, but there's also a lot of weird stuff at the bottom of the roster. Um, and yes, the Devils were the team that improved the most uh, on paper, but their improvement is still like, it got them to fringe contender, playoff contender level. Like it's hard to imagine the Devils beating out uh, the Islanders, Hurricanes, Rangers, uh, Penguins and Capitals uh, this year, and maybe they do, but like even so, like that, as we've seen with this Islander team, like you need to, you have to learn to win um, and pace yourselves and uh, in the playoffs, etc. And like so, yeah, the Devils might be uh, I th- a lot of a lot of insiders are gonna say they're they're my dark horse team this year. Like, yeah, of course they are because they had a great off season. That's what ends up happening is they just all picked the <laughs> the team that had a, a, a splashy yeah. off season and. Yeah, um, the uh, but they're. I don't think they're good enough to to really be worried about like running away or or taking a spot away from the Islanders yet. Uh, you know, knock on wood. But uh, the division just looks so different from what we're used to. Uh, and it's uh, the Islanders have always been a um, you know prove people wrong kind of thing, and now they got to prove them right. Like it's it's which is going to be a different kind of cloak to wear. Uh, and I I really um interested to see what like i'm for some reason i always live in like um a little bit of fear that like another shoe is always going to drop with the penguins or capitals like the day before first of all Sidney crosby's out for six Mm. weeks out of nowhere minimum six weeks so uh (laughs) yeah minimum six weeks right so uh and and you know malkin's probably gonna miss some time so uh the penguins could be a mess like they they love tristan jerry and casey de smith right as their goaltending like this is um, they always have that late season run in them that's that's a thing yeah, they, there's always like a. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a sec, there's a shoe right. that's gonna drop at some point with the Penguins. Like, they're gonna get like, I don't know, some like Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan <laughs> is just gonna end up on the Penguins right. at like the the last hour of the off season this year, and it's gonna be like, you know, shit. Like that sucks. But um, right now, like as we said last last episode, like the the, the Islanders not only is the roster, uh, the culture, the coaching staff, and the front office personnel reason for optimism, but like the stuff around the, the team. Uh, oh, and obviously the new building, but like the 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 environment they're going to be playing in, there's no reason to be pessimistic either. They're not playing in the Atlantic. Like the East Division last year was a mess. Like it was so hard with the with the teams that were in it. Um, and this this year it's like it's not gonna. That is not gonna be. It, this division shouldn't be as um harrowing, which is like a, just another reason to be uh cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. Again, people see Washington and Pittsburgh and automatically assume that they're contenders. And I mean, with respect, I think those teams both have an uphill climb. Would it surprise me to see them, you know, be very good and make it throughout, you know, far in the playoffs? No, frankly, it wouldn't. But I mean, I think if you look at the rosters, you'll see that, you know, they're they're not quite what 
they were. I mean, the Caps still need to find which one of their goalies is a starter. Like that's that's kind of a problem. Uh, they also lost, you know, one of their top four defensemen, and their guys aren't getting any younger. Um, you know, the Penguins, like you said, they're going to have injury problems. They might. What if they keep having goalie problems? I, I'm not even sure who they even added this year. Like it's just not that big a deal. Um, we haven't mentioned the Flyers at all, and it's been a very Flyersy offseason in that they made good acquisitions of like. Ryan Ellis, like that's a big deal, you know, um, but they also acquired Rasmus Rustalainen, who statistically has been one of the worst defensemen in the league for his entire career. They also picked up Martin Jones, who statistically has been one of the worst goalies in hockey <laughs> for like about five years now. Um, so it's just a weird, you know, does that make them better? Does that make them worse? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, Carter Hart will be better, but, you know, with Rasmus Rustalainen, playing every every game in the top four like i don't know what they see in him that you know will change if maybe he changes his entire career around in philly who knows but i mean i don't know it doesn't really happen that way in in the flyers world maybe things different and then obviously you got ellis there too so i don't know it's just a weird team uh you know the rangers i think will be will be a little bit better but you know they're still kind of a a work in progress i think some of the things that work you know that are there that work work really well. Obviously, Panarin, Fox, and a bunch of other guys. But you know, I think the Bloom has come off a lot of their other pieces too. That maybe they're not as good. You know, Lafreniere and um, Kako have not quite you know taken the world by storm as early as people thought. Doesn't mean they're bad players, but it's taken a little bit of time. I don't think Jacob Truba is what they thought he was going to be. So there's a lot going on there. The Devils we talked about. The the Blue Jackets have obviously lost a lot. They got a new coach now, so who knows what's what they're going to be like. And then. You know, with the Hurricanes, it's funny to me that you know, everybody, the, the internet loves the Hurricanes. There's only two teams you're allowed to talk about on t- hockey Twitter, and that's the Hurricanes and Leafs. Everybody else is trash. So you can only talk about the Hurricanes and talk about how great they are and how <laughs> wonderful and, and amazing and, you know, iconoclastic these these guys are. But then, like, their goalie now is going to be Freddie Anderson. Like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> like, didn't this guy just get run out of – Toronto essentially like they traded their starting goalie in the playoffs to Detroit why because they didn't want to pay him for whatever reason they went out and signed Freddie Anderson like is Freddie Anderson a terrible goalie no but like this is the guy you've entrusted to take you to the Stanley Cup like I I don't know it's there's nothing in his resume that proves that he can do this we've seen this time and again ad nauseum in the the you know the number one possible stage you can possibly see it Maybe things are different in Carolina and that they than they were in Toronto, but I, I, I mean, are they very good? Sure, they got Jesperi Kaniemi now, who signed the uh, offer sheet. Matt, the Habs didn't match; he's gone there now. But like, they already had a team that could score. I don't know what they needed Kaniemi for, and so I see a very good team that I, I don't know. I just I don't see a cup contender from them. A very good team again. Don't get me wrong, and I could be totally wrong, but like. I just, I don't know. To me, I feel I see a team that's kind of all all offense and not a ton of D and goaltending, which, you know, again, there's a team in blue and white that plays, you know, <laughs> a thousand or so miles north of Raleigh, North Carolina that you could say the same thing about. So and maybe that's why the internet loves them because they're they're also yeah. Leafs, basically. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, you know, going to back to that 31 Thoughts episode last week when they were like, oh, Eric, this is this just screams Eric yes. Tulski, doesn't it? Like you know, this is this guy is just the 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 genius of of all geniuses when it comes to hockey because yeah. he was like the first analytics guy who had a Twitter right. account or something. And um, he he was a blogger. Then, he, wore, but, he wrote for Broad Street Hockey. He was a Flyers blogger. 
<laughs> and and nobody, uh, you know, the moves that you just the head scratchers, of course, right. had nothing to do right. with yeah. him. The you know they the fact that they traded the their best right. goalie for no reason and it's then tra- signed Tony uh, D'Angelo. Who, who, who last thing on the ice got completely things. walked and embarrassed and pants by <laughs> yeah. Matt Barzell. Those moves were somebody else's punch. moves. The the yeah. Kakanyemi yeah. thing is totally Tulski, but everybody else, you know, that's some gremlin on the wing of the plane that you know decided yeah. that was Lamar. That's a Lamarillo yeah. influence. You could, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I just it just is so funny how it's the hockey the hockey. Trip. <laughs> it's just it just it, it really is a. Uh, mimics and right. mirrors the the worst parts of twitter at right. large i guess and um right. on all sides of every coin but, i say uh, this as a yeah, person I, that I, doesn't really understand a lot of the world around me the funniest thing about hockey twitter is that people spend all day every day talking about the sport that they clearly don't understand anything about like they just don't understand how it works <laughs> why did they sign this guy how could they do this what they do? well like i don't know maybe there's something there that maybe you don't know i don't know but that's just yeah what I take. <laughs> there's oh well because you know the team doesn't have enough penalty killers right. and he's good at killing a penalty and mm. uh you know and yeah it's just and then and then there's also yeah the you know oh like tony d'angelo signed with the hurricanes like i can't believe this sport treats me this way mm. like right it's not it's not about <laughs> you it's i mean it sucks for that that that's it's shitty for that's that's a shitty right. move but it's you know it wasn't a personal right. affront to you hockey yeah. twitter person it's <laughs> somebody was going to sign this guy i mean look what the canadians did at the yeah. draft uh like some 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 they the the moral compass is uh not not terribly yeah. north uh in professional sports so uh or amateur sports mm. <laughs> but um yeah it's like that's that's the thing that i there was a time when uh, I hated the Hurricanes because the Islanders just could never seem to beat them. They always seem to lose big games against oh, them, sure. like in the in like the Peter Laviolette Islander and then Peter Laviolette Hurricane <laughs> era. Like Arthur Zerbe would just stand on his mm. head, and then uh, you know, then the, the only team that Cam Ward would ever play well against was the <laughs> Islanders. And um, the uh, but so I always never, I never really liked them ever. Um, and then yeah, the the uh, kind of advent and jumping the shark of hockey twitters made me hate them even more <laughs> um and uh but they're good they're they're definitely i think if, if you were to ask me right now i think that the hurricanes probably provide the the stiffest competition to the islanders uh in the division uh but yeah like there is actually they have a pretty uh low floor in terms of you know go goaltending like auntie ranta could he could be great, but he also doesn't ever play because he gets hurt. And like you said, Freddie Anderson is um, hopefully he brings like a ton of you know sport therapists with him down to Carolina for the way that they treated him at Toronto. Like he's got a lot of you know things to kind of fight through as a human being, I'm sure, because that just kind of wasn't fair that he became the reason the Leafs didn't advance past the first round of the playoffs and ever. Um you know, it wasn't it wasn't that Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews didn't score? It was you know, the goaltending but two years ago, and then this year it was it was both. And um, but I think uh, you know that the point is like the Islanders seem to be of all like we you can go through every team. You know, think about um, the Capitals with yeah, like their goaltending plus their defense, the bottom of their roster. I mean, their number one center of Getty Kuznetsov was like. <laughs> running away from the law yeah. it seemed like last at the end of last year like there was something going on with him and uh like we talked about the penguins like there, there's uh the islanders feel safe mm. um 
you know, and th that's horrifying. It's uh, really, really scary that they feel so safe. Um, but even like you just, even if you like follow the players this summer on like social media and stuff like they're, they all seem to like be doing like the same thing and like hanging out with each other and stuff. It's, it, it's, it, it's going to feel, I think like a continuation of last year, um, a little bit. And just like last year kind of felt like a continuation of the bubble. And I think if you ask teams that have had, um, sustained success going to like the Penguins and the, uh, or the Kings or the Blackhawks, I wonder, I'm, I'm sure those fan bases will say the same thing about those years. Like, oh yeah, it kind of just felt like every season was just, you know, a continuation of the last one. It, it didn't feel like so herky jerky. Um, because for most of my life it, it did like after an Islander season ended yeah. the off season, whatever would happen, but it would feel like, you know, a complete being pulled in a hundred different directions. And, uh, you didn't know if they were going to be playing in at NASA Coliseum or if they were going to be playing it was always like two or or whatever. Three guys and, that left and two or three new guys. Right. And, yeah. yeah. It just, it just feels, it just, this now it just feels like, like they, the way they play, it's almost like they just keep coming forward dump the puck in they get it blah 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 like it's 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 nice it's uh it's and it's fun to watch um the rest of the like other dumpster fires <laughs> you know be set ablaze the rest around the league and being like oh the islanders used to be mm. that and now we're sitting over here like that picture of billy smith like where he's like lounging back in the lounge <laughs> chair and sipping something like that's how it feels like the off season now you're just sitting there waiting for the islanders to start because there's not nothing too much um to like really worry yeah. about right the, now. i mean the biggest worry i think for the islanders is that 13 game road trip that they're gonna have to go on to start the season ah. because of ubs arena like that you know, that's yeah. gonna be a problem um but you know, they talked about about it with parisi and he was like hey we did nine when we opened <laughs> the prudential center in jersey so yeah. you know it is and i, I don't feel like barry trotz probably is relishing in that oh, opportunity because yeah, totally. he loves he loves preparing like and coming up with like a a life plan for a situation <laughs> like that um and 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 if you are looking to, to I meant to, I shouldn't mention this on top. If you are looking to to bet the Islanders because you're a fan or whatever, I would wait for that road trip to end because like they, you know if they do struggle a little bit, yeah, the number should could drift and everyone will be like, oh, what's wrong with the Islanders? Without realizing like they just played a 13 game <laughs> road trip, <laughs> they they only have 28 more road road games left this season and 41 home games. Right. Like, they, um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's a good point. Like that is uh that is a little scary. Oh, uh, but 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 that's an on ice like that's an on ice uh, thing like that's a, that's an actual season problem. Whereas mm. for the first time in a in a very long time, like the there's been no big uh, off ice uh, you know right. problem that we have to deal with. Like even last off season, you think about the Devon Taves trade. Right. Like there have been there's been all these kind of uh, you know downers, uh, and we haven't really been served with one yet. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, the, the offseason, if you follow any of the Islanders on Instagram or whatever, that they're, they're hanging out at the U.S. Open, they're playing golf uh, out at the uh, on the island. Um, they're having a good time. Like, it, it's a pretty tight team, uh, as, as always. So, uh, yeah, I think they're relishing the uh, the consistency and, and the fact that, you know, they're bringing back the same team, which, you know, when you really think about it, yeah, I, I feel like one of these days we're going to sit back and be like, boy, that was a really crazy time like just to talk about herky jerky like just getting games in has been hurt you know you got that we had the pandemic shut down then the bubble then the the half season and now it's a full season and obviously for the islanders it's a little more herk and jerk because of their new arena situation so i think having that consistency is a big deal and I, i'm with you I, I think trots and lou lamorello for that matter too are like they are they're they're prepared like you know they're not going to walk into this thing and be like well we'll just see how it goes like 
they know about this. Obviously, Lamorella was was probably there when the schedule was even made. And Trotz, for sure, he's talked about how he likes starting on the road because it gives the guys a chance to really bond early. And so I feel like, yeah, he's got he's got more planned for that 13-game road trip than, you know, bringing a pack of Uno cards and, uh, you know, a board game or two. Like, he's he's ready for it. And I think he's going to... He's going to have uh, some fun with these guys. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, this is a year more than more than any other. This this division is set up for the Islanders. Not that, you know, I think they're going to run away with it. But, I mean, they're going to be pretty competitive. Like, it's not going to you – know, I don't think they're going to they're going to find themselves in too deep a hole too too quickly. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, of course, these are famous last words. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, I feel like we, we do this all the time. But, uh, you know, yeah. those seems like you said, this, they got something up their sleeve, I'm sure the caps and penguins for sure yeah yeah like when uh i'll never forget when the penguins traded for Derek broussard mm. and we were just like oh crap like he's gonna be amazing and then uh yeah you know even even like the the, the capitals last year actually like, he's a flyer getting Chara. Too, isn't he Broussard, yeah. yes yeah Derek broussard is that the vignette and right. Lane vignette is getting those rangers back together with uh Yandel, oh, yeah. yeah forgot about kevin Yandel. hayes broussard. yeah yeah the uh the but that like i mean it's Last year, the Flyers were the division favorite for some reason, and I was very <laughs> much against that. And I kept saying, like, this team is completely overrated. This year, they're just completely flying under the radar, which mm. is a, a really strange part place for the Flyers mm. to be um, because usually they're not. Like, they're doing one thing or the other. Um, but, yeah, I'm not ter- terribly worried about them uh, yet. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Like, that, the thing about that 13-game road trip, I guess, that is the most worrying is that <laughs> – it doesn't make sense um, right. in terms of like their actual travel. Uh, if you look at it, like it's, I think it starts in Carolina and then some, uh, then they're Florida, which may, you know, okay, that's easy. And then all of a sudden like Nashville, Arizona, Vegas, five days <laughs> off somewhere else. Then they're playing like Winnipeg down. Then they travel down. Like, so it is, that's the weird thing. It's like, they're touching all these, uh, you know, rent. It is a lot of, obviously a lot of travel, but I, we all expected it to be a, uh, you know, oh, they'll play the the Devils and they'll go play the Rangers mm. and they'll play the Hurricanes, go down the East and maybe the South and come back. But uh, so that may, you know that could catch up with them. But uh, that is uh, like like we we're saying, like Barry Trotz did such a good job getting them ready for the bubble conditions. They got them ready really well to get come out of the gates hot after uh, shortens uh, for the shortened season with a shortened training camp, etc. And I'm sure that he will have them ready uh, at least prepared to come out of the gates hot for this weird road trip. <laughs> Um, so it's, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like they, they do come out and, and they are that all of a sudden you see them all walking with, uh, guitars again onto the plane, uh, getting ready for the, for their month, month vacation, uh, to start the year. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's a vacation, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what <laughs> happens, uh, when that goes in. And if you haven't been watching the UBS arena live stream, uh, you're missing out. They got most of the seats are in now. There's still a few. They got some big piece of plastic up right now on the inside, which makes it kind of hard to see what's going on. But you can see uh, some of the suites they're working on. You can see sort of like um, countertops go in there. They got some uh, some uh, guardrails for the little steps going in there. Uh, the scoreboard is done. Uh, the light dot matrix boards are on the sides. They're all done. Uh, they all get lit up. It's really kind of cool looking. And then the outside, they're laying down concrete. They got some shrubbery out there. And then obviously the big thing that they, they posted on social media about this, the uh, top has been painted with the uh, UBS logo and it looks all really cool. And uh, it's very exciting. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's a, it's extremely <laughs> exciting. I don't know if I'm going to get have the money to go see a game there this year, but uh, it's still pretty exciting. So 
it's yeah it's i mean the the prices i guess on the secondary oh market my God, yeah. seem to be out of control already which is interesting i didn't um and i do think it's funny that they keep saying uh depending on what they're promoting it's 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 on the queen's nassau border but where the islanders are they're talking about the islanders are like long islands new <laughs> beautiful arena but uh it's a uh, man it's exciting yeah. it's it, I, I just remember that the, the that, that I can feel the way I, I can remember how exactly I felt when the Islanders um, were about to start playing at Barclays center and, and the feeling I had when I actually walked in there for the first time just being like, Oh mm. shit, <laughs> like this is not going to yeah. work out. Um, and me and you, we, we tried our best to be as positive about it as possible because we didn't think obviously that the mm. Coliseum was ever coming back and that we were dead wrong. Um, but uh, just the difference in looking forward to mm. that. And this is just, so so different yeah. it shouldn't be should be gloss over i mean i think a lot of people were dead wrong about that but i think a lot of people were positive try to be positive about it like again I, i've never been shy about saying as a person that does not live on long island having a 25 minute subway ride to the games was the best thing ever like it really was and, and <laughs> you know their ubs arena is going to take that away from me so i'm kind of getting screwed in this deal but again it's not about me like it's about what's best for the team they're finally going to have a place where they own it they make money coming in there. So like, there's a reason those tickets are expensive. There's a reason that the hot dogs and the pretzels and the food are going to be way the hell more expensive. Cause that more of that money is going to go to the Islanders, which is something they have not enjoyed until this time for 50 years of this team's existence. So it's kind of a big deal, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, Ever, we're wrong about everything. Like we, just, we don't know what we're talking about. Like that's that's the beauty of this podcast. We have no idea what we're talking about, but we have fun anyway. So it's okay. It's okay. You know, we have a good time. And uh, and then we we're like, yeah, you know what? That didn't work out that way, but that's all right. It worked out better. Or yeah, we didn't see this coming. So <laughs> uh, which yeah. should make you very positive about all of our Zach Parisi talk. Uh, anyway, uh, before we wrap it up, uh, I just want a, a couple of quick shout outs. Uh, so last episode we talked about. The, the Broadway show, we heard from a few fans uh, of both the Islanders and Broadway. That's great. I'm sorry, I can't find the tweet right now, and I don't want to get anybody's names wrong. But thank you very much for reaching out to us. I forgot to mention uh, uh, Randy Marshall, by the way, who's a, a longtime Islander, you know, Newsday writer, loves the Islanders, right? wrote a lot about the arena stuff, and is also a huge Broadway fan. I don't know why she slipped my mind there, but sorry about that, Randy. I don't know if you listen to us, but uh, there is that cross-section <laughs> there. But uh, I did hear from uh, a longtime reader of – Lighthouse Hockey, and a listener to the show named Michael Paul Smith. Uh, you may remember a while back, uh, we uh, posted a video at Lighthouse Hockey, uh, sort of a, a fake uh, press conference, like a roommate press conference. That was Michael and his wife, Jillian. They're Islanders fans. They're Islanders season ticket holders. Michael is an actor, and he has a podcast with his friend called Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones uh, that you should check out. It's really funny. They, they do a lot of cool sketches there. Um, but Jillian has not one but two super successful podcasts uh one of them is actually about broadway it's called the Hamilcast, and it's one of if not the most successful broadway podcast out there it's the official podcast of hamilton the musical and she's interviewed the the, the actors in the show and and lynn manuel and all those guys uh and so she also has another podcast called true crime obsessed which if you're a true crime podcast fan you should check out as well uh i mean they're run by islanders fans so what else do you need to know uh i you know me saying check out these two podcasts is sort of like a flea saying, you know, while you're here, you should check out the dog too. Like, you know, it's sort of like <laughs> our audience is like one, <laughs> one billionth of the, their audiences, but uh, it was very yeah. cool to hear from Michael. He's a cool guy and uh, wish him and Jillian the best of luck in, uh, in all their projects. So there you go. 
And and we should, uh, you know, J- Jeff, before you sign off, I do want to say <laughs> one thing that we need to, we need to say is uh, our friend, our congratulations to our old friend, uh, Stan Fischler. Uh, for being yes. named to the U.S. Hockey Hall the of Fame. U.S. Hockey Hall uh-huh. of Famer Stan Fischler now is his official title. Should be yes. Hockey Hall of Famer, but we'll start with the U.S. Yeah. Hockey Hall of Famer. Now we'll- um, yes, yeah. 100%. million times deserved. Uh, again, we root for people here, not teams. So uh, <laughs> we all root for Stan, obviously, a mentor to both of us. But uh, no, that is very, very cool. And uh, I emailed him the other day. He hasn't given it back to me, but I was like, I can't wait to hear your speech because that's going to be an all-timer. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yep. How many people in the U.S. Hockey yeah, Hall of Fame do you think watched the New York Rovers play at Madison Square Garden? Not, <laughs> not a lot. I can't imagine, right? Uh, I can't imagine either. No, I'm saying. I'm, I'm, how many people in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame even knew they exit <laughs> the New York Rovers were a thing? You know, right. I do. I, I bet you Stan, when he does give a speech, will we'll open it with a uh, like a big band sh- right. song. Oh yeah, you know, like he, I, I, I'll always, I'll never forget when he sat down next to. Evgeny Nabokov at the Islanders. Uh, they won a very big game in 2013, and Nabokov was great. He sat down next to him, and he and he said, "You know what today's song is?" And Nabokov said, "No, but I, you know, I know you're going to tell me." And they started laughing. He said, "Happy days are here again," and then they started singing it. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I'll never ever forget. Stan has that. been in hockey uh, for like 60 years or whatever it is. He's written literally 100 books. He's done TV, radio, uh, everything you could possibly do. In hockey, without and he's he played too, uh, you know, just uh, uh, as a youth and uh, against other media guys. But you know what? If you had just taken, if he had only done those interviews with Nabokov, I still say you should put him in the Hall of Fame. Like those, those right there <laughs> were gold, and we should they should put out a, like a compilation or something with those. I, I really, know, I know, we yeah. got it. Uh, but there you go, cool. Yes, definitely great idea. You should you should say that. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski with two E's on Twitter. Read his work at Action Network. I'm sure things are ramping up right there. It's first NFL Sunday today. Yeah. Getting into the baseball playoffs. Hockey's around the corner. NBA around the corner. Yeah, I, I can tell you're very excited for the NFL. <laughs> as always. <laughs> as as am I. The Jets are starting right now, and I could care less. Uh, so they. It's go. the same thing yeah. over and over again. The NFL, like it's just yeah. like this this. This team is gonna not kick a field, or they're gonna kick a field goal when they shouldn't have. And <laughs> the ref's gonna miss a call, and that's gonna decide who yeah. goes to the Super Bowl. There's there's a spoiler. Instead of watching any NFL game, I highly recommend watching going to YouTube and calling up finding Secret Base, which is uh, the video component of SB Nation, and watching the seven part history of the Atlanta Falcons. That will be a hundred times more entertaining than any football <laughs> game you can watch this year. It's like seven hours long because every episode is like 45 minutes. But trust me, it's worth it. And I mean, the Falcons are, as they say in the thing, basically the most ridiculous NFL team ever because they it's not that they just haven't had any impact on society whatsoever. It's that they always come close to actually doing something and then they just don't. So you should <laughs> definitely check it out. It's awesome. They also had a, a history of the Seattle Mariners. Um, but um, yeah, the history of the, the Atlanta Falcons is totally where I've watched them every single day. I watched an episode and it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, and read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion as well. Okay. Taking us out is an artist from Minneapolis, Minnesota. His latest release, Welcome to America, came out in July. It is a posthumous record made up of previously unreleased studio material, and it is fantastic. This is Prince with Yes on the 31 Thoughts About Zach Parisi podcast. And that's it. (laughs) 